Welcome, my friend, to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I am Spike Eskin, along with California's favorite son. <laughs> Would you be their favorite son? No, adopted son, I guess. Mike Levin. Like a, like a nephew? Yeah, something like that. Hi, Mike. Hi, Spike. How are you? I'm all right. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Well, I guess you're not. So, <laughs> it's funny. All the internet is today is people... Shaming other people for not um, taking Memorial Day seriously enough for the people <laughs> who have given their lives for us to have Memorial Day. It's like fuck. Should, I, that, should I, that be this podcast? Should I don't. Be today's podcast. I don't, I don't, am I allowed to enjoy today or not? I don't even. I don't have to work today. It's great. I don't know. If you, and if you're celebrating not having to work, then you're not taking it seriously enough. So don't say yeah, happy Memorial you could, Day. You could spin it around on them and just be like, hey, listen. Every day I appreciate it. I, I don't. I don't need some random day. Yeah. To feel that way, and so I'm just enjoying the day off and thinking about it as much as I do on every day. You're the one shamer of persons. Yeah. Who should feel bad? Everyone with the shaming. I remember I went to some Sixers game on Martin Luther King Day, and somebody was like, "They shouldn't have basketball games on that day." It's like, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on! It's a, they 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 celebrate. They, I mean, they talk more about Martin Luther King Day at the basketball game than anybody who didn't go to the basketball game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's a day off. Uh, yes, Happy Memorial Day, buddy. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> so we have a lot to get to on the show today. We'll have Liberty Ballers own and USA Today's own Liberty Ballers uh, draft hero. <laughs> Derek Bodner on later in the show to talk about the draft and Mario Hazonia and D'Angelo Russell and Chris Stapps Porzingis. Oh yeah. We will talk about the uh, we'll talk about our our respective big boards as Mike updated his to the second big board last night on Twitter. I saw. I, I, I like just doing just like uh, for no reason, nothing has changed and it, the big board changes. Drastically, yes, yeah. Well, all they, you it's know, like I I have thought more about it, or I have decided against all of my opinions. That's always fun. People are rising. It's my favorite part of the year when people rise and fall in the draft while sitting at home, when <laughs> nothing is happening. Yeah, the rising and falling, yeah. the rise and yeah. fall. I can't remember. I can't wait till that book comes out. The rise and fall of Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> yeah. I'm writing it. Remember that Bynum book we were going to write? Yes, you were going to write it. I don't think I ever wanted to. Well, I said, I, I believe my perspective was we need to wait until the current ownership is out so we can get their take on it. Like, we need them to sell the team. Because we need to get out of Marin. And there's no way he'll speak on this while they still own the team. Yeah. we. Uh, it was me, it was me, you, and Bauman. Bauman, right. Yep. Yeah. So, we'll also get to the current NBA playoffs in a second. But if if you don't mind... I, I had a couple of things I wanted to get to. Obviously, you're welcome to chime in, but just a couple of things on my list. One that we were supposed to hit in the last podcast, and we never did because we had those connection problems. And the other one, um, the other one has has come up this week. The, the first thing being the lack of credit <laughs> that the rights to Ricky Sanchez gets <laughs> in all of the media about the lottery party. And here is my take on it, and you can tell me what, how you feel about it. 
everyone seems comfortable now crediting Liberty Ballers, and even comfortable crediting you and I, but very yeah. uncomfortable crediting the rights to Ricky Sanchez. And my my guess is is because they don't know what the fuck it means, and they're scared that it's something bad. That's yeah. That has to be it, right? Because it's too weird. Well, I think, or yeah, scared there's something bad, or scared that someone will ask them to explain it, and they don't have any idea. Yeah, or or they or they know, and they're like, people, this is too weird. People are gonna, because I think like I think most people know. I think most people know 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 what it is. Like, um, for example, Pablo Torre, uh, who we're big fans of. Yes, huge fan. And uh, yeah, and who who wore the or at least brought out the. The trust the process shirt on around the horn, which later on in the program he apparently I think at the very end he uh, as they were closing up he said he yelled trust the process, okay. which is pretty great. Yes, um, but he said Liberty Ballers, and I think I think he's just like I think it's I think he's trying to hedge his bets for the audience that he's talking to. Yes, that's I think that's fair. Like, if I say Liberty Ballers, people will like get it. Like that sounds like a basketball site, like. You sort of get what it is. It's a little bit corny as a name. Like, you get it. If I say the rights to Ricky Sanchez, that's what the conversation will be about. You know? Isn't that the case? And you know what? I, I think about all this. I think that means that we named the podcast absolutely correctly. I, I think yeah, that yeah, means 100%. in the beginning, we were looking for something that was very, very, very intrinsic or very. In exclusive, exclusive. Yeah. Yes, we were looking Esoteric, for something esoteric. Yeah, all the good stuff. Yeah, we wanted something that nobody would feel comfortable saying, and we have, we have done that. So, we had a, a gentleman who's been begging to intern for us for a while, named Philip, who is now. So now there is an official rights to Ricky. Oh, and I would like to thank thank CBS Three by the way, because CBS Three, who was filming there very early. Apparently, did put right Ricky Sanchez up on the screen, and when they when they played the footage, and apparently Beasley Reese, the CBS three sports director, said right to Ricky Sanchez on the oh air. Oh my god, <laughs> I would love to see that coverage. I will. I will. Uh, I haven't asked them for it, but I can. I mean, that's that's our that's the company I work for is CBS. So yeah, do you know, do you know anybody over there that I, you could? I, I know to? a couple people, so oh, I will. Okay. Cool, cool. I, I will get that. I'll get the screenshot and I'll get the audio of Beasley saying right to Ricky Sanchez. <laughs> so, but. We're we're allowing Philip. So now there is a rights to Ricky Sanchez Twitter. So people don't really even ha- so they have something to tag in their tweets about the podcast and next year's party. Obviously, it is at RTRS Podcast. Please go follow. Um, do you have any other comments? Because there was because the there was like a RTRS is like or some other else. thing, some like Greek government thing. Yes. So like it'll be like. There's the lottery party, and also like taxes need to be raised. Yes. Like, yeah. 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 It's, search for RTRS. Yeah, it's hard to find the RT the our RTRS tweets within those weird politics tweets. So yeah. So like just apparently, apparently, China returns as biggest holder of U.S. Treasuries. RTRS. <laughs> RTRS. Yeah. So just. Just tag, and, and we'll be posting all the podcasts there, and you know, and obviously, we will, under some supervision, allow Philip to tweet during games and whatnot when that is a real thing. Maybe during the draft as well. So, so it is at RTRS Podcast. So there you go. Yeah, and I I'm start. Excited. I'm, I, I, oh no, go, go ahead. ahead. 
Well, no. Um, well, I just think I think we're doing the same thing right now. Uh, no, I like that. Uh, I think I think we have to sort of monitor Philip for a little, but like I think he's I think he's a good kid. Like he he gets it. He's yeah, been, he's been around the block for a little bit. Yeah, well, and he wanted to intern at WIP, but he can't get college credit for it. So he's because he's not in college. Um, so it was sort of like. So sometimes, and this happens in the broadcasting industry sometimes, somebody wants to get into something while they're in college, and it it doesn't happen. They realize it's harder. They go, and they start into a different field. And that was Philip, but Philip now wants to get back into this, but is not in school for it. So we're allowing him to intern for the podcast. Think he's a good enough guy. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll definitely monitor him, but we'll see how it goes. And it's do you, funny. Do you think he's gonna? Do you think he's gonna put it on a, on his resume? Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. The, is he gonna put the right Sergey Sanchez, or does he put like Spike Askin in there? Is he ashamed of it? Also, Philip, I think you have to make, we have to make him. I know you're listening to this. If you don't put right Sergey Sanchez in your fucking resume, you're fired. So that's and I, I would like to. It's sort of funny. I I started off angry that nobody was putting right Sergey Sanchez in their coverage, and I sort of ended up with the I sort of asked for that in the first place, right? So yeah, you turned. We yeah. we turned on it. So here, ano- I've always thought it was, it was enjoyable. It's always fun. Another my mo- thing, my mom, my mom is pissed off by the way about it. She thinks people should talk more about the rights Ricky Sanchez. Also, yes. Well, good. It's good to have finally have your mom on something that I'm on the same side of because I know <laughs> that's right. That's we've right. That's we've right. had some disagreements in the past. One more thing be- <laughs> before we get to the NBA playoffs is so on cross, and I I normally don't. You know, I'm very want to respond to the the people that don't agree with us, but most likely the hot take section of the the uh, the 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 media and you know people that hate what the Sixers are doing. And I gave that up a yeah. long time ago. But I just wanted to say one thing. I I was um, reading. There's a thing on Crossing Broad where Dick Girardi. Um, somebody gave Kyle Scott a response that Dick Girardi sent about the whole. Uh, somebody, I guess, had emailed him and said, "You know, why don't you come up with a better plan?" So on and so forth. And he says in there, in there, like I said, the plan was to keep Turner and Holiday and Thad and blah blah blah. And I don't even want to talk about which is a a good, a worse idea or a better idea. And this might not work. And you know, who knows? Who knows? We think I think that this is a good idea. You think this is a good idea. Some other people don't. But the one thing that drives me a little crazy that I think is is sort of laughable that Girardi puts in there and some other guys put in there is the the uh, the assertion that. This is some kind of um, that they are not attempting to win. That this is some sort of rich guy plan to rip off the public and watch the valuation of the team go up while they don't spend money, and everyone will see eventually. And they sort of hint that they know this for sure, and everyone will find out eventually. Well, let let me say something. If they knew for sure, if someone knew for sure that the Sixers, as an organization, and the ownership, and Sam Hinkie, 
had this plan to never compete and just strip the team away from everyone that made a lot of money so they could keep costs down low while the valuation of the, the team went up. If they had that sort of information, that is a massive fucking story. I mean, that is a huge, huge, huge story. This team has, they are lying to you. They have no plan. This is a lie. They're not trying to become a competitor. That is a big story. And the veiled assertion that 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 is really what's happening, and they actually know this without any evidence of what, like, like because basically because they're backed into a corner and have no better plan, so they have to say that this is sort of like trickery. Something that, by the way, Bill Simmons only l- joked about. Like he never actually thought that that was a real thing, and I don't think anyone at Grantland thought is is like borderline irresponsible and and actually past borderline is actually laughable is actually laughable yeah. because if you had that information you not actually reporting on it you just sort of sticking jabs in there that this is sort of a, just a, a a scam that they're that they are purveying over the public is 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 actual information like that would be actual news i would be embarrassed for me, having supported all this, if that was actually the case, so that's all. That would be like, wouldn't it be like some version of fraud, basically? Well, I mean, other teams like there's shareholders that they that they'd be. Well, there's no shareholders. They have an obligation. None. No, I mean None? it's private owned. I mean the whole the league I, is. I'm a shareholder. Owned. That's weird. I feel like I've given them a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm no, a season think... ticket holder, so in yeah. on some yeah, level, yeah, yeah. I'm a. But, <laughs> but they, it like, I think to me. It is just like some teams. I, I I could almost say that there are some teams that are just like fuck it. We're never going to win a championship. Let's be okay. The, the yeah. Hornets, which I think is worse, isn't that worse? Well, but like, it's, isn't that- if it's it, but but let's say let's say this. If that's if that's what you're happy with, that's fine too. I you know it's all like every something. There's. Everyone is made happy by something different, right? You know, like there are yeah. some people that are just like at this point that that have listened, have followed me on Twitter for a while, and are just like, I I don't like this at all. I sort of miss exactly. the times that we were forty and forty five. That's fine, you know. That I don't, but but that's fine. It's a, it's a separate conversation. It's yes. like, listen, if you want, if you're talking like, okay, I want the Sixers to be good. I don't agree with this plan. Then like. Here and you like criticize the moves, you criticize these things, and you and you criticize the idea of losing on purpose. Then fine, that's because you just want them to be good and you like them making the playoffs, and like you you don't think that a championship as an end goal or or the only goal really is is as valuable as like hey like you know we were we were good for a couple of years like look at what the Brooklyn Nets are or whatever like this that'd be like that'd be fun like we go to the playoffs and like we'd have shirts on the back of our chairs and it'd be nice and uh and then we'd you know be done in may and then we'd have the summer to like think about what next season could be and who we could use the mini mid-level on and if that's what you want then that's a then that's fine that's fine too yeah I, i don't agree with it i think i think you're wrong and i think that that uh the sixers certainly don't want that but but that's a separate conversation than Oh, the Sixers are stupid, and oh, drafting this guy was dumb. That sort of thing. Well, not even because, stupid because you but, just want them to be okay. You want yeah. you, you want wins, and that's and that's a different. It's just a, it's a weird conversation because I don't think that it, this existed, or at least this conversation existed more than ten years ago. But 
it's it's we're at the point now where this is the system, and until they change the system, you either you either lose on purpose or 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 get draft picks in a way where you can build from the ground up, or you sort of try really hard to push against the grain in the middle and eventually like sort of top out at just an okay team. Well, and I'm even fine with the uh, like as as you heard my loud argument with Jody Mack the other night. I mean, I'll argue uh, with, I'll argue with you that that aside. I'll argue with somebody all day and long about whether the the plan is stupid or not and you're more than welcome to have the opinion that this will not work. That's fine. That's fine. It either will or it won't. And here's the the reality is is that like even if everything goes according to plan, I would say there's probably no more than a 15% chance that they ever, like, even at, let's say this is the best way to do it and they do it to the best of their ability, there might not be better than a 15 or 20% chance that they ever win a title. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody wins titles. Only four or five, what, five teams in the last 25 years have won titles? That's fine. Even that aside, the thing that drives me crazy is the assertion that they are. They are being bad on purpose with any other purpose other than to be good. That they're being bad on, you know what I mean? Like that they're being bad on purpose just so they can, like, so they can rip off the public. Like that because because people don't have like an argument. Like those like Dick Girardi. I don't. I didn't read it. Like I don't read that shit. So like Dick Girardi and you know Marcus Hayes, all those guys have no argument against this anymore so they have to like come up with this snide bullshit about like oh they're just trying to make money and it's not about basketball and like you'll find out eventually you're all saps like way about it yeah it's like okay man like that sounds good go go hang out with your conspiracy theorist friends we never landed on the moon have a good night it just seems like such a childish thing for grown-ups to say to me you know what i mean like like wow well, you'll you'll find you'll you'll find out ah see you'll find out every they were all tricking you yeah. like, like they're also they're also chicago gangsters. yeah well and then the other thing is that like they're also asserting that this would would the also like embedded in this is that sam hinkey does not give a shit about his name within the league and is more than willing to just sort of like disgrace the the organization the league yeah and all for a what six-year job you know what i mean and then he'll just get out of basketball and go back and work for um whatever that uh, bain capital and he's just sure. in here to just like it, it would make him look Horrible. You know what I mean? A if guy. Anyone's ever, if anyone's ever talked to Sam Hinkie, just like had a conversation with him, they'll know that it's just like, oh, like this guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. And like, he wants to like, win so badly. He wants yeah. to win badly. Badly. He may not win, but he wants to badly. And he definitely believes that this is the right way to do it. So I don't know. That there's also, there's also the idea, I think people have been saying it, where it's like, you know, when, well, they tried to tank all last year and then it didn't work. So look, I mean, look at the lottery this year. So that, that failed. And it's like, wait, what? What's yeah. They didn't get, because they didn't get two picks that they probably weren't going to get anyway. And also they'll convey next year. They don't disappear. So, or the year after that or, you know, whatever. So, Sorry for taking. Hey, I I actually think the podcast listeners like this more than we do this this whole discussion. So so I would Sometimes apologize. I want to hear exactly what you believe. Yes. Other people say the same things that you want to hear. Yeah. So all right. Uh, before we, I, I figure we'll do NBA playoffs real quick. Then we'll get to Derek, and then because I told Derek eleven thirty, we're going to be late anyway. 
not that you listening to this matters right now because podcasts are timeless and forever. But um, timeless. Then we'll get to Derek, and then we can discuss draft more after Derek. Maybe is that okay? Cool. So yeah. Um, Let's just just go in on the Hawks. Just go in. Well, just get, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Just get get in there. Well, I, here I'm I'm going to be honest with you. Actually, right now here. Please, please, it's uh, the right Sergio Sanchez. You can be honest. So I'm I'm doing the math last night, right? And I'm doing the math about. I mean, regardless of injuries, because both teams have have significant injuries. I think we could sure. say. You know, I I could probably argue that the. The Cavs have more significant injury, more talent on the bench than the the Hawks even do. But here's what I'm thinking: Hawks, four All Stars, right? And also more than any one player play as a team. You know, like this is a, a team that in this current NBA full of guys that only care about dunks and three pointers and highlights <laughs> and themselves and their branding. You know, like LeBron, who just, I mean. Who cares about one guy that's better than everybody else when you have a whole team that A, makes the extra pass, B, passes up good shots for great shots, C, has a coach who gets them to play the right way, uh, D, has a bunch of players who believe in a team concept, team concept, team concept, and just the strict math of it, again, putting injuries aside, four all-stars on one team, how this team could possibly be down three games to nothing in the Eastern Conference Finals after they won 60 games trying real hard when nobody else was. <laughs> I, I, I have... So I've come to a conclusion that the only way this is possible is that ESPN and the NBA and obviously the refs are in cahoots to have the Cavs in that huge market, Cleveland, <laughs> in the NBA Finals. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, couldn't agree more. I, I also want to bring up the <laughs> five-man five player of the month. That they share. Yes. Let's not forget that. Yes, add that to the, the. I mean, if there was ever a time, if there was ever a time, that that you wanted to believe that the Sixers plan to acquire somebody that is better than everybody else over all other things was valid, it is watching the this Eastern Conference Finals. The Cavs don't have anybody but LeBron. It's fucking J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert and Matthew Dellavedova and Tristan. I mean, this team. James Jones is playing minutes. James Jones? That guy shouldn't even be in the NBA. I mean, this is... This is... I am so glad. It's the fucking... And everybody who sang the praises... It was very nice what the Hawks did this year for the first half of the year. It was very nice. But all the internet fucking praise heaped upon them because of their stupid I'm just so glad that the obviousness of what they did this year of just gallivanting through the shittiest conference in in sports history is all they actually did. I mean that <laughs> Cleveland that Cleveland team and you know I'm a LeBron guy from here till forever. That Cleveland yeah. team is going to get fucking smoked in the finals. I, smoked, you really think so? Smoked. Uh, they are going to get run. The Warriors have, are are much better, but I mean, rarely does a better does a team with the best player lose a championship. Uh, right. That that's true. Except that it happened last year, right? I mean, I mean the 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 Heat had the best player last year. Sure. And, yeah. And and I don't mean to like just give a well actually to you. I I yeah, think yeah, yeah. I I think that the 
the the talent that the Warriors have, like that team is relentless. Yeah. And I'm not even so sure that right this second, LeBron James is clearly the best player in the world, but like right this second, I'm not sure that Steph Curry is any less effective as a basketball player right this second right now. I well, mean, I think you put listen, you put Steph on LeBron's team, he's not going to get as many clean looks. Right. He's, his his weaknesses get exposed a bit more. The team is certainly the Warriors as a team are certainly better. Uh, they're like the Hawks, except with actual good players on the team. Yeah, and I'm ex- I'm really excited. I hope I hope it's a series. I do like, too. I, really hope I do like too. A, like a, go six or seven. Like that'd be that be it's gonna be awesome. Like Iguodala's gonna be there. Everybody's gonna be there. Mo Spates will do some weird stuff. It'll be fun. Um, but yeah, the, I mean the Hawks, and even the Hawks, even your Hawks, who are building a team the right way and Jody Mac. All right. So here's the Jody Mac story. Me and Spike recorded the podcast and then left and I went to the bathroom and as I'm in the bathroom, I hear Spike and let's be fair to Jody Mac, by the way, just tell the story. That's all. Please don't. Re- I work. I love Jody. No, Mac. no, no, okay. no, I won't. Okay. I won't. Okay. Um, and so, and I'm in the bathroom and I hear a voice that I've heard, you know, since childhood. Cause I've been listening to Jody Mac forever. Uh, I'm in the bathroom. Like, peeing listening to spike and jody mac just yell at each other and i'm like oh i don't want to i don't want to engage in this so i'm just standing in the bathroom just like kind of like making faces to myself in the mirror hanging out and it took like 10 minutes and they're just yelling and yelling and eventually i'm like maybe spike wants me to come out there so i like can give him some reprieve and then finally i do and then he leaves and it was just it was like just me standing staring at myself in the bathroom like washing my hands a couple times to make sure well, that I didn't have to deal with it. The thing about it is that generally I am f- my work is full of people who do not agree with what the Sixers are doing. So so I have great practice. Ike is the only guy I think that I talk to at work who is Ike and probably Al Morgani are mostly all in on all of this. But everybody else is not only out on it but like really really out. On it. Josh is sort of like midway, but like everyone else But is, is it because isn't it because they want to cover a team that's fun and good? Like isn't that like a bigger thing? I don't even know. I I don't I don't even care to guess. But the the funny the funny part is, so I am I am very adept at not arguing about it. Like, I just turn it off. Everyone knows that I'm into it. I know that they're not. But I was so tired at the end of the night. And Jody came in on me so strong at, like, 11.45. I was just like, fuck it. Let's go, buddy. Like, <laughs> let's go. You want some of me? I, you want some of this? You want some of this? So I thought also it was funny last night, first of all, the the Horford Delavadova thing, I, I I have a hard time figuring out whether Delavadova is trying like whether he's an in, annoying just annoying or he's annoying and sort of like he's, like where he is on the Patrick Beverly scale of I want to He's got to be on your Pat Beverly All Stars. Like he's got to be there. Yeah, I, he's that beard. He's got a gross beard. Yeah. you know, I, and it's not hey, even charming. Al Horford, I was say even the Hawks yeah. have a guy in Al Horford who was drafted what third, right? Third, third or fourth? Third. So like it's not like they were just assembling sixteenth overall picks forever and then making them into something. Yeah, and by like, the way, they sucked after having that 
like they went through several iterations of this with yeah, Al Horford for a long time. Yeah, and now they just happen to like it, it clicked and the coach. Hey, look, coach is good, and they got a they got some depth, and bench play is nice. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you need better players, and they don't have it. Well, uh, just for perspective, they will if they get swept, they will have one more win than the Sixers of like four years ago had. <laughs> you know what I mean? One like in the playoffs, they will have gotten one game further essentially yeah, yeah, than that Sixers. Yeah. That, that that's that's like that's a, a real indictment in that like they did this great thing, won sixty games, and as long as LeBron is in that conference and they don't get a better player, they've got no fucking chance. No chance. Yeah, they've got no, no. chance. Yeah. So and isn't isn't Millsap gonna go? <laughs> isn't he leaving? Well, Millsap's or... a free agent, and so is Damari Carroll. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. Um, and Delvadova, just back to Delvadova for a second, who was undrafted out of St. Mary's, was like the fourth best player on that St. Mary's team. I have no idea how his career exists. LeBron. It's it's tremendous. Well, Le- Le- LeBron. No, but like, I mean, listen, if, if LeBron can make careers, then I'm going to go try out. Well, I mean, like, I'm around. Look, look at these guys after he leaves. I mean, Mar- where is Mario Chalmers? I, like, where is Norris Cole is on the Pelicans, I think? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, these, James Jones just is smart and just he, fucking follows him around all over the place. LeBron. Yeah, like, he, if you were a point guard of, of questionable skills, but you can hit an open shot. LeBron is where you need. You don't even have to bring the ball up. You don't even have to yeah. bring the ball up. Uh, he and, can make Isaiah Cannon a really good player. Yes, he. Oh my God, I, I absolutely he could make Cannon a good player. And the other thing I thought was, and I, this again, I will agree with your boy Andrew Sharp on something here. Whoa, <laughs> sorry. He LeBron's again as a LeBron guy. His post game interview. Like he just myself as a leader, and I have, and then gives himself credit for ninety straight seconds, and goes, "It's really all just about my teammates." <laughs> he is the corniest player in the NBA. There's not yeah, even a on. question. Of course, the of corniest course. of all corny. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, 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 I would say Warriors in five over the Cavs, maybe six, but that would be my. I would love, I would love for the the Cavs to give him a series, and for because I think it would be, I think. If LeBron can beat these Warriors, that would be his greatest championship, I think. It's weird. It's weird. Like, who is the underdog in this series? Like, clearly, it's clearly team-wise, it's the Cavs because yeah. the Warriors are better. But like, in that na- in the narrative sense, like, it's LeBron versus like a scrappy upstart of like uh, Steph Curry, who wasn't like heralded out of college because people thought he was going to be too small or too bad on defense or whatever, and then like all these other guys that aren't superstars basically versus like the ultimate superstar. And so like on paper, it's like, Oh, here's big guy versus little guy. But the warriors are a fucking, they're a machine. They steal your will. They, they, you watch everyone. Houston was ripping the rockets for like their effort in game three. It just gets to a point where like you, I think they just break your will. It's like, Oh my God, another shot went in. It's yeah. I don't know. They are they are something else. Hey, let, let's get Derek on. I, we're, yeah. we're already so late. Let's call. I can actually. This is cool. I can just call him on Skype, and we can have three. Skype. Let's get Derek. It's calling. This is amazing. Exciting. Oh my god. Hello. Oh my god, Derek! There you are. You're on with us. I'm here. Hey, Derek. Hey, Mike. Wow! Look at this. Sounds great. It's like we're all in the same room cuddling. 
This is a technology podcast now. Yeah. What else can we do? <laughs> I asked Derek. Even better than real life, though, because we're not cuddling. Yeah. <laughs> I asked Derek beforehand. I was like, I can call you, or I can just call you on Skype. Can I add two people to one Skype call? And he's like, I was amazed. Wow, this is amazing. Let's all talk on our microphones. Amazing. <laughs> so, Derek, how are you, buddy? This is Derek Bodner time, pretty much. I mean, with the draft coming up, are you, um, I would imagine you're sleeping very little and excited very much, yeah? Yeah, no, it, it's a good time of year. Um, it is, like you said, I'm not sleeping all that much, but... Uh, you know, it's fun. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade it at all. Um, I think by the end of June, I'll probably be sick of it. But uh, right now, I still like it, especially oh, yeah. at the lottery. You kind of get that that post lottery buzz, especially as a fan. Yeah. Um, because it's just so much more exciting. Like there's, yeah. it's it's actually like a tangible. Like this is actually coming up now, and you, you can kind of feel that excitement. Yeah, you get you get tired of of like, well, well, you know. Who are they? Who are they going to take? And it's like, well, you got. Let's see who the, what the order is first. Yep. Let's see how many picks they have. Now that now that it's set, it's like finally okay. Yeah, there's, there's now, only so many. Now we so can many really times, speculate. Yeah, there's only so many times you can talk about seven prospects in a hypothetical what if scenario. Like you want yeah, some, exactly. You want, you want to be able to concentrate a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and and there's all the other scenarios that could be possible. So really, some certainty now. Even though there's no certainty, and we're still talking exactly. about the seven same None guys. No, no, no. So, Derek, oh, and I'll tell you, as a fan, it's funny. As a fan, I wish they got the number one pick. Well, but even one and two and three, it all provides the same insane possibilities that I think, you know, like it's it's very intriguing right now. Everything's very intriguing because of the, the lack of clarity about what's going to happen in front of them and then yep. and how that affects what the Sixers do. Derek, let me let me ask you both this. Derek first, Mike second. How Derek, how far down would you be comfortable trading? In if you're you're the Sixers, how far down do you feel comfortable trading where you're still getting the same level of player that you're getting at three? Or does a lot of that have to depend with depend on who goes one and two? I I would say. Go ahead, you can finish. No, go ahead. You you get the gist of it. I, I, I would say I'm I'm comfortable trading down to five, maybe six, maybe six, um, and that that. Kind of depends on how we feel closer to the draft, but I think, and and I'm pretty sure I saw Michael say this as well. I have his own. You're right there with Russell, probably even ahead of him. So, it, to me, walking away with him because I'm pretty much throwing Towns out as a possibility. Yeah. Uh, walking away with him, I think, is is about as best case as you can get. So if you can trade down and still get him, and I don't think he's as high on other people's board as he is either on my board. Um, or I'm not going to pretend no Sam Hinkie's board, but as he is on my board. So trading down to you know five, uh, I think I'm still confident in getting him. So and may, maybe six, depending on how things shake out. I think Orlando's um, kind of unpredictable at this stage because they have so many young pieces, um, not not necessarily great pieces, but you know pieces. Um, yeah. Where I could see them going Hazonia, I could see them going Winslow, I could see them going um, uh, Porzingis as well, or even Kali Stein. So they're kind of the wild card. So getting to five, I think, is where I'm, uh, and possibly even six or seven, depending on how the next month shakes out. Mike, you? Yeah, I. here's the thing is that I, I tweeted this yesterday, um, and I know it's always good radio when I talk about my tweets. Everybody, you um, know what's funny? I will let you finish. A yeah. lot of other podcasts do that, qualify, like that I've already said this on Twitter. I tweeted this. Like, I think we can let that go. This, okay. I think we can let, sure. you know, we all say the we same shit. We're going to say the same shit for the next month. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Um, 
so here's the uh, I don't think I don't... that that everybody's board is the same and even in the same like area code as the same I think if mock drafts didn't exist then there wouldn't be such a consensus like I tweeted that my about my board yesterday and people were giving me shit like oh this guy over Okafor is insane and it's like well why why do you think that because like of all the mock drafts that you've read that say that like if those didn't exist then you wouldn't feel this way so I, 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 don't, I don't think uh, franchises are beholden to the public consensus as you saw when Anthony Bennett went with number one and I don't think that there's any real, any real way for you to for you to look at it and be like, okay, well, this guy's not going to go until this point. Especially from like, you know, if we assume Towns and Ogrefor will go some version of one two, depending on how dumb Flip Saunders is. Uh, I think that you can assume that three through you know seven or eight is a re- like a really good crop of guys. And I, I include Willie Cauley Stein in that, who, in my head, and I'll talk to Derek about this because I have a question about him, uh, is a really great prospect, but not not a guy that the Sixers should target. So I, I don't know that there's. I, I think for me, you look at three through seven, and you're like, oh, we can get guys there. We can get a lot of guys there that I like a lot, and and I don't know who the best of them is really, um, because I'm I'm not Sam Hinkie. I think you ask Sam Hinkie the same question, and he's got a definite sense of, oh, this guy for sure is a guy that we want. And I think you'll find that out about with, with interviews, with, with uh, when you guys, when you get guys in for workouts, uh, more one-on-one stuff. And, and, and even though the public consensus is like, Oh yeah, Russell and Moutier are interchangeable or his is up there. I think Hinky will come out of it with like, no, 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 this is the guy. So I don't think they should trade down. I, I, I want Hinky to get the best. That's why I wanted them to get one, even though, well, towns for me is number one, but even, even though like, the 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 vast majority of the two through eight for me are are similar almost fungible prospects. Hinky, I want Hinky to have the best chance of getting his superstar, and so for me, I don't think trading down is that much value because it's not like they're hurting for role players. It's not like the Sixers need 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 guys that could potentially be a role player in a good team. I think they have that, and I think they have that in picks uh, where they can trade up from next for next year if they if they want that. So I wouldn't I wouldn't trade down at all. So. Let me, let me, let me ask Derek. Let me ask you. We'll get to let's let's do the Hazonia. I'm going to put Hazonia and Porzingis in the in one group, and then Mike will get to the Cauley Stein thing. Is that cool? Yeah. So, Derek, the I guess the question I have about Hazonia and Porzingis is because I don't know how other teams view. I, I feel like it's sort of like in hockey, how some teams are into players from certain countries, how the Flyers forever didn't want any Russian guys or whatever. I feel like there are probably some NBA teams that are still um, cautious about drafting, more cautious about drafting overseas guys that I feel like we'd be. How much does that affect where Hazonia and Porzingis go, or is that am I imagining that? Uh, I think for the most part... Um the overseas thing, I think, I think that bugaboo is kind of gone. Okay. I think where it comes in more is, is, you know, the low playing time that both of them played. Uh, they were both playing like between eighteen and I think twenty-two minutes per night. Um, the inconsistency that kind of comes with that, and, and also how much risk you're willing to take, especially on Porzingis with his his, his body and his his strength and his inability to really play through contact. And it, it's I saw somebody. 
um, mentioned this the other day, and I'm not sure he really finished through contact once all year last year. Like he just he, he's not strong enough or aggressive enough to really do that. So it's how much risk you're willing to take with a guy like him. I don't think it's so much. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if there's a team in the league that hasn't taken, you know, a European prospect in the first round at this point. Um, it's uh, it's not what it was 10 years ago, uh, and where the Sixers really seem slow on that that uptake as well. Um, but I mean, certainly, you know, it's 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 there's a little bit of risk when you talk about the cultural aspect. Um, and I meant I heard I think it might have been Fran Fraschilla mentioned this, but. F- for a lot of guys over there, basketball is something they do because they enjoy basketball. Whereas uh, some kids over here, they you know they they grew up around the game much more. Yeah. Uh, so they get over here and it's you know it's it's a little bit more. Um, there's there's more focus on it. I don't want to say like you know it's harder work. It's more of a job because over there, I mean some of those kids have been doing it professionally since 14 or 15 years old. But there's right. more there's more pressure. There's more, you know, there, there's just a lot more media attention to it. Um, so I think there might be some concern with that, but I think it's really much more on a case by case, player by player base. I don't think there's a whole lot of, um, you know, anti-European stigma anymore. I I would bet my house that the Sacramento Kings do not draft a foreign player. <laughs> really? You're ha- do you there's, have a house? There's no way. There's no way that Vivek goes goes international. I mean, that, I think he's Vivek is like the most predictable guy in the league. Do you remember the lottery video or, or the the draft video where he's like. He didn't even ask what pick the Sixers were offering. He was just like, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, no, he's I mean, international, he's, he's... isn't he? <laughs> isn't he from somewhere? Isn't he international as a guy? <laughs> I think he. I think he's just so he's pandering to the fans so much and be like, we'll get a Got guy, it. we'll get a guy that people know, and it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it'll be interesting because obviously Vlade um, is their lead decision maker now, so it'll oh, he, right. the the very popular. Vlade Divac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hero uh, Sixers zones, fan. Vlade Divac. <laughs> right. So, the, uh, so obviously he has some familiarity with you know the international game and, and probably those prospects as well. But uh, yeah, I think th- I think they want, and specifically I think they w- probably want Collie Stein. Uh, I think yeah. they want a big who can defend and, and push Cousins to the fore and really pander to him as much as they're pandering to a fan base. You know, as a, as the resident guy who bases everything on YouTube of the big guys in the draft, I told Mike this earlier. Collie Stein has better YouTube than Towns or Okafor, I believe. Collie Stein is the best YouTube player of the three. Collie Stein gives so, gives great YouTube. Great YouTube. It's great <laughs> dunks and blocks and good runs fast. He's the guy is YouTube sensation. So Hazonia, the only basketball negative I can find about the guy is that he doesn't get to the rim as much as you'd like. Is that yeah. essentially it, right? No, I mean that that's definitely fair. Uh, I think part of that is um, you know they play a, a very structured offense in Barcelona, and their playing right. time is very frequently dictated based. You know, if he goes out and he freelances as much as he probably wants to, because this is a guy who's. I mean, you can throw him on the, the Cavs right now, and he'd probably think he's the best player on the team. So this is a guy who naturally probably wants to freelance more than he should. And mm-hmm. I think his, he knew his playing time was very much dependent on his ability to play within their offense. So I think that's part of it. You know, but certainly his ball handling isn't where it needs to be. Uh, it's, I don't think it's quite like like another prospect that we'll talk about that not necessarily here, but his he kind of slows down in games, and that's Kelly Obrey. I don't think his, his ball handling is quite that bad. Um, but he certainly, you know, he has a ways to go with his ball handling. But I think a lot of it is situational. Um, you know, I think he does tend to uh, settle for bad shots uh, and settle for jump shots. And I think that's a, that's a habit you're going to have to break him out of. But I think he has the potential to do more off the dribble. He's a decent passer, though, right? Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, you know, it's 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 all mindset. When he's playing 
I don't want to say the right way because that sounds like Larry Brown. Sure. But when he's you know when he's moving the ball around, then he he can make pretty quick decisions with the ball. Uh, it's more when he feels like he's not so much involved in the offense um, and, and the ball can kind of, of stick and you can throw up some bad contested jump shots, which I'm sure would drive um, both Brown and, and Sam Hinkie nuts sometimes. But I, you know, I think he has, I think he has a capability of doing much more off the dribble. He has a, you know, just incredible first step. Uh, and when you have a shot like that, I think, I think, I think he'll be fine long term. You, you know, do you, do you look at, whoa, do you look at the idea that, the idea that, that's very, very bizarre right now. Der- I, I feel like something went wrong with Derek Sky. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Derek, do you want me to call you back on Skype? Yeah, let me call you back in one second. All right. No! The Derek Bodner era. Andre <laughs> Sanchez. It's such a good run. I start. I started hearing everything I said twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was great. It was good stuff. I think you know. There's nothing wrong with that. I I actually want to get into. It seems like uh, I I've heard that the Hawks actually don't work any player out. They they give them just one piece of paper and it says, "Would you pass up a good shot for a great shot?" Um, yeah. Hazonia failed that test, so there's absolutely no chance that the Hawks would take Hazonia. Yeah, instead of instead of uh, instead of actually running them through basketball drills, they just have like trust exercises. Yes, that they just go through, and they just want to see if they like trust in, trust each other. Should I uh, should I try Derek again? I don't think. Yeah, give him a try. All right, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Add people to this call. Derek Bodner, add the call. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Hey, there hey. we go. Sorry about that. Yeah, there we go. That's good, Derek. And so, Derek, Chris Stapps Porzingis, I'm warming up to him a little bit, but I don't know. I don't know about this guy. I think the best thing about him is that it would infuriate most um, most of the normal Sixers fans in Philadelphia if they took him. Oh, people I think people would go insane. Really, people were really like, if his name wasn't Chris Stapps Porzingis... They would like him. It would be it would be a little bit better, but, but the fact that it's such a it's such a strange, colla- like collaboration of syllables. Yeah, that that people are just like not on board with weird named people. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it would. I think even hardcore Sixers fans would would throw up, you know, a temper tantrum. I think that 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 pick would be so unpopular. I kind of floated that out there the other day, and even even I mean, let's be honest, guys who follow us, they're they're yeah. not casual fans or they're sure. they're pretty plugged in and very few people were on board with chris Stapps. it's uh it would be it would be riots it would be i would do it just for the sheer insanity of it um <laughs> you know he is he's i love i, I love the thought of chris Stapps porzingis um i mean he's you don't have very many guys that can take a one-footed running jump shot and you go oh that's a good shot especially at seven one who can then also block a shot and defend a pick and roll like he's 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 just very versatile in that regard and putting him next to Joel Embiid I think is is potentially a very great fit um, you know but he's I mean I think one of the things that we tend to overrate the most when we're scouting and we're looking at eighteen and nineteen year old kids is is strength um, there's just there's just a huge growth between 18 and 25 that I think we, we tend to underestimate. Um, and you can go back through all kinds of, of guys and body types and, and, you know, from Noah to Garnett to, you know, pretty much anyone. Um, more often than not, I think it, it I, I think it works itself out more than we think it does. But I mean, he's, he's at an extreme. I mean, he's, 
he's listed at 220 pounds at seven feet, and I would be hard pressed to believe that he's actually 220 pounds. Wow! And he play he plays like it. I mean, he plays he plays quite frankly like a little bit of a wuss. Um, he doesn't. He just, <laughs> like I said, he doesn't fight through, and you know, he doesn't fight through contact. And I'm a little bit more free in what I can say here than on like a USA Today podcast. Sure, nobody, sure, sure. You know, nobody national. Well, I mean, except for Ricky Sanchez. Um, <laughs> you know, but he. Uh, he he, like I said, I'm not sure he finished through contact once. Uh, he doesn't rebound all that well. He doesn't hold his position. Right. Um, he's got a. If he doesn't, if he doesn't bulk up, he's going to be a bust. Um, huh. I think that's pretty safe. But like I said, I think we also tend to overrate how much of a concern that really is. Could you could you play him at the three? With, I don't uh, think with so. Um, I think maybe spot minutes when you have kind of a slower footed three out there. Uh, but I do think his. I mean, his, his foot speed I think is very good for a four. Um, and I think, you know, especially, like I said, you're going to have Embiid, you're going to have Embiid playing in the post. Uh, and I think that's going to help Chris Stapps would be playing next to Embiid so he doesn't have to defend those bigger guys. Um, and his, his foot speed for def- defending the pick and roll I think is good. But I think you put him out on a three. You ask him to run himself through uh, screens and, and picks. Um, I think he's going to get beat off the dribble quite a bit. Um, you know, spot minutes, yeah, I probably wouldn't do it full time though. So the the uh, the basketball Mariota in Philadelphia has definitely become D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, Derek, you you did a piece where you had percent chance they'll take this guy, that guy, just sort of based on everything you know. You still had D- I think you still had D'Angelo Russell as most likely at thirty percent. Um, Those numbers are, are bullshit, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah. but like the, the ranking yeah. of the players is not, but the the, the numbers like thirty percent. Like I just pulled that out of my ass. That's, but, the, yeah. but it seemed it seemed reasonable. It seemed like people are like, I think people are thinking that or assuming that they'll take D'Angelo because yeah. they want them to take D'Angelo. I don't think that's and that was that was kind of of my point more was that it's closer to thirty percent than maybe the eighty or ninety percent that I think a lot of people assume. Exactly. I so my the thing I had brought up to Mike before was that I I would be hesitant taking a point guard with a top three pick unless you think that point guard is possibly an elite point guard given the number of point guards in the NBA. Do you think yeah. that comes into play at any point making that decision? No, I think it absolutely does. I mean, it's a uh, you know I mean look at how many different ways you can get really good point guards. Maybe not elite. But, I mean, really good point guards, they, you can get them in free agency, you can get them through trade, you can get them through, you know, later on in the draft. They're just, they're everywhere. Uh, so in order for, to take either Russell or Moutier, you have to really think they're going to be at least top 10 at their position. Like, at least. Like, that's got to be kind of like a baseline. Um, because, yeah, I think that does come into fl- the play. I think, uh, you know, how, the, how difficult it is to acquire um, is a very big part. Now, I think Russell, because of... of that two-man game with Embiid, I'm, I'm kind of willing to overlook that maybe more than I would if the Sixers didn't have Embiid, because I do think you know his skill set could could line up with Embiid really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just I mean there, there's a million point guards out there, and and there's so much depth at that position. I mean that's why you don't make you know give up Nerlens Noel in a future pick for Drew Holiday. That's why you don't give up the Lakers pick for Brandon Knight. Like there's just it seems like all the mistakes that happen in the NBA these days happen overvaluing point guards. Yeah. We, all right, so here's a question, um, and I I, I want to answer after you, so I'm going to ask the question and then answer it after you give me your answer. Um, Sam Vecini uh, yesterday asked me if I'd trade number three to Denver for Ty Lawson and number seven. Would you do that and why? 
I would probably do that, yeah. Um, because I still think you can get one of Winslow, Porzingis, and Hizonia at seven, and I think that's yeah. a that's a pretty good outcome. Um, and I, I like – I wouldn't be upset. It's like you said. There's two through seven. I wouldn't really be upset with any of them. I might yeah. have slight preferences. I might have more confidence in one. But I think they're all good prospects. Uh, so getting you know the, it, a good point guard – because if you're talking at – really difference between three – and seven is whether or not you want to go with a point guard or a wing or 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 Porzingis. Um, so if you can get another a really good point guard, and I like Lawson, and I think he could, you know, form a, a good two man game with Embiid as well. I think he plays a pick and roll well, um, and get you know because at seven there's going to be a little less hysteria drafting his own year or Porzingis, even if you know there's a lot of people that think both of them could be top five picks. Um, yeah, I'd probably I'd at the very least consider. I'd probably have to think of it a little bit more, but yeah, I think I, I think that's a fair trade. Yeah, I would I would do it if I was the GM. If I'm the guy making the decisions and ma- and doing the draft picks and and being like, yeah, I'll just get Justice Winslow. So the idea of trading like, you know, the D'Angelo Russell or the potential to draft D'Angelo Russell for uh, Lawson and Winslow or, or Hazonia or, or, or Chris Depps is great. Yeah. But again, I don't think Hinky thinks that way. I think he has his clear guy. He will have his clear guy of like, this is the best player at this position or the, at this spot in the draft. And all these other guys do not have nearly the the chance of becoming the superstar we need them to be. And I don't think Ty Lawson, who would I, I would say is around like a like the fifteenth best point guard in the league, give or take. Um, yeah, I don't think he's a real different difference maker there. But but again, for me, yes. For Hinky, I would assume no. Yeah. No. I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting because I think a lot of times we tend to look at the draft as this guy's clearly number one, this guy's clearly number two. When right. really it's like I have a. 60% confidence level in D'Angelo Russell being an all-star and I have a 47% confidence level in, you know, Justice Winslow being an all-star. I don't think it's quite as clear-cut as we like to present it as sometimes. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Let me ask you both this question, Derek first, Mike second. I don't want to answer because I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, no, I think I, I, I'm stuck on these two guys and I'm so stuck on... It, it's partially why I've become all Hazonia all the time is because like both of these guys have things I don't like about them enough to where I wouldn't take either of them I don't <laughs> think but you're you, uh, Towns goes first Okafor goes second you have to pick either Russell or Moutier for the Sixers Derek who do you select uh, I, I probably go Russell and, um, and it's it's I say probably only because I like to leave a little bit of, of uncertainty there but I'm, I'm pretty firmly Russell um, you know, like I said, I, there are there is some concern that he just didn't play well against some competition, and, and I recently wrote about this. I think it's mo- mostly team construct and the fact that Ohio State outside of him really sucked, um, especially offensively. Like they just had nobody, and and when you're that one dimensional, like good defenses can take that out. Um, I like his fit much better. I do worry about his defense a little bit. Um, I think most of his defensive issues are somewhat correctable uh i you know i don't think he's the quickest laterally but he at least has a little bit a lot of of wingspan and length to help recover from that um i have a very big question mark on moody's jump shot uh, and i think if i were building a team from the ground up and didn't already have joel Embiid, i think it would be a lot closer but i do have a lot of question of whether or not he can become a good enough shooter to really be a good fit um, and I don't think he's the elite level athlete that a lot of people project him as yeah. and that you really need, over, you know, if you're going to be a top five point guard without a consistent jump shot, you know, I think you really need to be that Russell Westbrook type athlete. And I just don't see that in him. 
Uh, I agree with everything Derek said. Um, I I had Moody over Russell for for like a, a couple of weeks, and then I think I I sat down yesterday and looked at it some more. And uh, you know, players rising and falling spike. It happens. It just happens. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, I thought about you know, Moody projects to be the better defender, but um, I I think out of all the positions. Point guard is one where where you can get by with being just a, an average defender, and especially with with Nerlens and Joel behind him, I don't think the I, I think it's a small it's a small window of like okay you're 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 you as a team are this much better because your point guard is a little bit better as a defender, um, and I think D'Angelo will be passable as a defender, and uh, I really think the jump shot is just the most important thing in this situation because you want you want to be able to p- play those big guys together as much as possible and if you have another guy on the floor who just can't shoot then that really limits you in a bunch of ways yeah um and i, I think uh i i agree with derek in that in that he's being hyped up a little bit as as this next level john wall kind of athlete and i don't really see it um i i think he's more athletic than d'angelo but but without that jump shot it's it's, it's hard to it's hard to say, okay, this is a guy we're confident in going forward um, a bunch. And I, I like his point guard skills. I think he's going to be a solid player. Um, but I think it's, you're really like, okay, who do you want? Do you want a guy that can, that can shoot and, and potentially be, be a uh, perfect in the pick and roll and, and really lead an offense? Or do you want the guy who is sort of like, I don't know, Alfred Payton seems to seems to me to be closer closer of a comparison to Moutier than than like John Wall, and I like Alfred, but but I don't think I don't think he's ever going to be that sort of elite point guard. So I I wouldn't go either of them. But if you're going to go point guard at that point, uh, ask me again in four hours. But to, <laughs> right right now, I go D'Angelo. Well, let yeah. me throw this out there. First of all, kids, if you're a basketball player and you want to be a basketball player when you grow up yeah. and you're a guard, learn how to fucking shoot. I am so sick. <laughs> of guys that are like 19 that are being considered to be in the NBA. Look, if you just can't shoot and like you've tried, then that's fine. But how am I supposed to come up with a big board if you're 19 years old, you're being considered to be a top three pick in the NBA, you're a guard yep. in 2015 and you can't shoot. I don't Go care. Play football. Well, I'm serious. Like, like I know <laughs> you can get to the rim all the time and that's probably why these guys don't learn to shoot because when they're 17, it's super easy for them to get to because they're bigger, stronger, faster than than the other guys. But come on, yeah. like learn how to shoot. You're a basketball player. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and then and I mean, there's there's some guys like like Luke Bamute. I'm sure he put in a million hours trying to learn how to shoot. And yeah. He just doesn't have the hand eye coordination or, or, or yes. depth perception or whatever he's missing to become a good shooter. But yeah, there's certainly and I think you're right. A lot of these hyper athletes that just get by on their athleticism and they don't need to really be great shooters because at that level of competition it's kind of like when you see Joel Embiid and there's a a good discussion on Liberty Ballers the other day about this a lot of these really fundamental big men picked up the game late in the process and I think a lot of it's because well first of all they're incredible natural athletes the Hakeem the Tim Duncan they're guys who excelled at other sports and just switched to basketball but also I think a lot of times when you're that big seven foot that athletic dominant you don't really have to worry about your low post moves because you can bully your way in. And I think yeah. picking up the game late when you don't have as pronounced of a, you know, of an advantage. I think not that it helps them because you always want, you always want experience. But I think they didn't develop as many bad habits along the way as well. And I think I think that might be partly true with guards as well. 
that's a really, really interesting point, and I never thought about that before. But going back to, to, to shooting and Russell, um, you know, I actually think Moutier might be the safer pick because I think even if his jump shot doesn't improve, he's going to be quick, he's going to be able to defend, he's going to be strong, he's going to be able to get in the paint. Uh, and I think, you know, he might have less of a chance of just being a bad player. Whereas a lot of times you look at these these guys like Russell, whose game is so dependent on being able to get his jump shot off quickly. A lot of yeah. times, you know, people call him like, oh, well, he's 80% Steph Curry. Well, a lot of times 80% Steph Curry doesn't give you 80% of the production of Steph Curry. Right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you, a second or two slower and you just – that shot's just not a good shot anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think Russell might actually have a little more upside, which I think the two get kind of flipped because I think we always equate upside with athleticism, which I don't think yeah. is always the case. Well mm-hmm. – um, but I, I agree with Spike. Shooting is so it's so important in this day and age. I mean, it's it's why we focused, you know, in the eighties and nineties with Stockton and Malone, the pick and roll, and it changed the NBA game. You want as many defenders making decisions as possible. And if you can shoot and you can shoot off the dribble and shoot off the pick and roll, then you're putting two or three guys where they have to make the right decision in order for the defense not to break down. And it's just it's not only just spacing the floor from like an Embiid post up, it's also being able to come off of the screen and forcing that decision making. And I think I think Russell does that well. Well, and yeah, and I think okay. I think Moody probably might might even be my pick in a, in a vacuum, but right. we're talking Sixers here, and I think and not that I think about fit that much, but but just in terms of like team philosophy, I think I think you need you need that point guard that can shoot. Well, and in addition to both of those things, I, honestly, the thing that I watch is that you know everyone talks about Steph Curry's shooting, and and I know we're talking about Steph Curry in 2015 and not Steph Curry in in 2009 or 2010 or whatever, and it's unfair to compare Russell. To, to him, but that's sort of like the, the the people who want you to believe in Russell are, are pointing to Steph Curry. Steph Curry's handle and his pat are ban- Steph Curry's yep. handle is bananas. And yeah. like yep. I'm sick of watching point guards around. Like it's one of the things I like about Ish Smith a lot is that like his handle is super tight. Like he's got a really good handle on the ball, and almost like um, the the thing that makes me nervous about. Russell in general, and it's not even the defense because point guard defense is like, what point guard can defend any other point guard, right? I mean, like, there's, I'm, I'm, I know I'm sort of dumbing it down a little bit here, but I just I watch Russell and I worry about his game. It's, it's why I keep ending up on Hazonia because when I watch, just just eye testing the shit out of this thing. I watch Hazonia, I'm like, oh, well, that dude can get a shot off in the NBA. Like, he can definitely yeah. get a shot off in the NBA. He's he's 6'8", it's quick, it's pure. You know what I mean? Like, if you can teach him how to do that, and he's an, he's an NBA athlete, I don't have any question about that. But then I watch Russell, and I'm not totally sure that, like, the way he plays right now, like, there are a lot of guys that could get their shot off in college that could not get their shot off in the NBA. I mean, the list is is long, is really long. And it is hard. It's an enormous adjustment from college to the NBA. And I guess yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm maybe uh, D'Angelo Russell would be great, but I'm just a little bit not buying it. I'm just a little bit not sure, I guess. I think it's absolutely, I mean, it, it's, it's like I said, with, with, the numbers against top 100 competition. Like I'm, I'm willing to say that there's a very good chance it's just Ohio State, but if it's if I have an 80 percent confidence that it's his teammates more than it is his ability to get his shot off against you know tougher competition, that 20 percent is definitely keeping me up at night as a Sixers fan. And if I were Hinky making the decision, it would you know be I'd be going insane. Um, yeah, it's a it's a huge adjustment. It it absolutely it absolutely is. Uh, that's why you would have liked to have seen him, you know, go up against Arizona and and make those same shots, and not go three for nineteen or whatever he went. Yeah. Um. It's a. Uh, 
you know, it's it's a completely different game. And it, like I said, I think I think Russell is the guy with the more upside because I think if he uh, if it does translate, then I think he's going to be great. But I do think uh, there's a little bit of a of a concern. Uh, speaking of Arizona, uh, Stanley Johnson is a guy who earlier on in the season or maybe before the season was was kind of talked of as a, as a top five prospect, and now he's drifted down to the to the maybe eight to twelve range. Um, Hinky before has said many times we're like, what when you expect something to happen and it happens, you shouldn't be surprised. Um, and I think is there a world in which like he saw Stan going to Arizona and and being in that offense and and looking like well he's not going to perform as well as he could otherwise because of the way they they run the offense over there uh, and the way they share the ball. Um, so whereas while other people have sort of devalued him or, or at least dropped him on their boards, uh, is there a world in which Hinky could could look at Stanley Johnson and be like, this is this is one of the best players in the draft, and he had a, he had a r- rougher season than anticipated at Arizona, um, but I expected that, so I'm still as high on him as I was outside of high school. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm not even sure if, if really you looked at Stanley Johnson going to Arizona and really even putting up much bigger numbers than it did. Certainly, yeah. I think his three-point shot is was much better than I think most people anticipated. Um, and I think, you know, 14 and 6 or whatever he averaged, I think was probably um, pretty a pretty reasonable expectation. Uh, maybe maybe slightly more, but I think, I think he overall had a, a pretty good season statistically. I think most of the concern was that he just, for a guy who's that big, and that quick and that fast and that strong, he just didn't really finish well at the hoop. Um, And I think, you know, I think a lot of people look at that and they say, because otherwise I think he's got a lot of skills. Like I think he's, he's, he's a very underrated passer. I think you can bring that to a table. Uh, And I think he gets into the paint fairly well. He just struggled to finish when he got there. I think people look at that and they go, well, I can't see him being a number one option. And I'm not sure I necessarily disagree with that. I think he's probably, you know, a number two or even a number three option down the line, but I think he's going to be a tremendous number three option. You know, I think, we spend so much time looking for those franchise guys in the top five and, you know, almost rightly so because, you know, these are our franchises that are so down on their luck. But if a guy like Stanley Johnson falls to eight to 12 and the Sixers, you know, use some of their assets to move up, maybe trade the Lakers pick and something else to move up and get him, would I be upset? Absolutely not. Because I think he's going to be a really good, you know, a really good third option who can, shoot, pass, defend, uh, and, and it's space the floor. And I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, it's just you have to get past the, you know, the, the expectation of being a number one pick. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, co- you, coming out of college, coming out of college, like uh, Draymond Green wasn't thought of that. I mean, Jimmy Butler right. wasn't thought about that. Right. And Kawhi wasn't thought about it. But, like, they they still had those abilities at the time. And so it was like just because they haven't done it or they had this or th- this wrong. It's like I think having those abilities and being – a guy with a good head on your shoulders and, and willing to put that work ethic in, I think that's what they look for in like in how to put those guys together. Yeah, no, I I think there's a very little chance he goes top five, but I think there's a very good chance that he could end up being one of the six or seven best players in his draft. Um, I don't I don't even really think it's all that much of you know I hate saying safe players because ultimately whenever we say you know that this guy is a you know a safe pick, he's going to contribute early in his career, it always ends up being like you know Doug McDermott. And yeah. you always look like a, a a fool for saying it, but I think there's a pretty safe chance that Stanley Johnson's a really good player. 
I like Stanley Johnson's YouTube. I'm all in on Stanley Johnson. Like that guy. Would be would be totally. Spike, you in should on. you should write a column for Liberty Ballers about how much you like Stanley after YouTubing him. Well, I, it was partial. Well, you know what? I'm trying to. I think it was in my big board that I did like Stanley Johnson, or maybe it was in our first. Um, no, because my big board was prior to YouTubing. It was in our our, <laughs> our first podcast after I started YouTubing. I was like, I like right, this Stanley right. Johnson guy. Uh, Mike, you had a question about Willie Cauley Stein. When I say question, you mean you. You just wanted to say something about Willie Cauley Stein, but you're going to disguise no, it I, as a question. Yeah, I was. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure because uh, I look at him and I see like a just a very good basketball player, and I, I think he may have the one of the highest floors in the draft. And uh, I, I wanted to see if if uh, if Derek thought there was any world in which Hinky surprises everybody and, and takes Willie Cauley Stein. I mean, I would be stunned. Um, yeah. He just like there's there's I mean, you talk about fit. There's no fit with him in Nerlens. Like there's yeah. none. And every concern you have with Nerlens fitting with Embiid, you're gonna have the same with with Willie Cauley Stein. You're just you're doubling down on that concern. Um, if the Sixers if the Sixers did something surprising like trade Nerlens Noel on draft night, then yes. Uh, I, you know, especially if they trade for a pick in the you know eight to twelve range like we we're talking about. Um, so I think he just goes all crazy on this draft and trades Nerlens and trades the Lakers pick and ends up with like three top ten picks and yeah there's a chance but uh, you know he just he I just can't see him fitting um, and I think we're seeing with Nerlens that kind of defensive versatility is just it's so valuable and it's yeah. it's I mean it's such an advantage for a guy like Brett Brown to have where he can legitimately jump out on a guard and not just hold his own but like like, like really take him out of his game uh, and. That kind of versatility with the shot blocking, and you know, hopefully he he brings up his, his jump shot a little bit as well. I think he's now shooting in the fifties percent from the free throw line, which is better than the thirties and forties he was shooting. Right. Um, but I'm that that defensive versatility. It's just you know we we spent two decades talking about the pick and roll and, and and playing the pick and roll, and every team wants you know Chris Paul to play the pick and roll. You need guys to defend the pick and roll too, and he's he's going to be one of the best in the league at that. He did, uh, I like I like Willie Cauley Stein a lot. I just don't. I spend no time talking about him because I don't see much of a chance he's going to be a Sixer. Right. He he doesn't look quite as long, but he looks super Tyson Chandlery to me. Like a lot, yeah, you know. But absolutely. Not quite as long, but I like him a lot, especially if we didn't if if we didn't have Nerlens. Um, Derek, right, right now, uh, Willie Cauley Stein on a rookie contract versus Nerlens with two years left on his contract. I'd, I'd probably go Nerlens, um, just because he's the guy that you know. Um, yep. and you don't want to kick the can down the road. Um, <laughs> oh, the old kick in the can. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, no, I, th I think Nerlens is, is a slightly better shot blocker. Um, you know, and I think he does a little bit better of a job forcing steals. I think I think Cully Stein might be just as mobile, but I think I think Nerlens is a slightly better version of Cully Stein, and he's already made that jump on his 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 free throw where I have a little bit more confidence in it continuing to get better. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're very similar players. I'd, I'd probably I'd, – I'd lean towards New Orleans. Well, and I'll say the only – and I would – I like – well, I mean, just because you know already what you said. We know already that New Orleans not, – not that that should be the be-all, end-all, but, like, you know – I think we're pretty safe in in saying that Nerlens is going to be able to play in the NBA and still has a lot of room to grow. But I will say Willie Cauley-Stein's body is is super NBA ready already. It looks like you yep. know. I mean, yep. physically, he looks like an NBA player to me. Yep. Um. Any, oh. Uh. Okay. All right. Here's the last question I'm asking everybody because the podcast is already at uh, 70 minutes. So, um, 
First Derek, then Mike, then me. I feel like we're going to have similar answers on this. Of all people involved in this, of all players in, basically involved in this conversation for the number three pick or wherever they trade to, so on and so forth, who is Derek first, Mike second? Who is the player you'd most like to see them come away with and the player who you'd least like to see them come away with in the draft? Um, well, I mean, most is I'm going to stick with what I've been saying, which is Mario Hazonia. Uh, I would, I have him. He's pretty close to, to Russell. Um, I do like Russell. Russell is, if you throw out Okafor, which, because I, I barely see him as a possibility. If you throw out Okafor, he's, he's third on my list behind Hazonia, but I'd probably go Hazonia. Uh, I like his, his two way game. I like his size, athleticism, jump shot. <laughs> Don't be distracted by the cheers. And, and least, <laughs> least. <laughs> Uh, at least would probably, I mean, it would probably be Willie Cauley Stein, just because it would be okay. there'd be so much overlap. Okay, and Mike, um, I'm not going to give up hope. Well, I would say Hazonia realistically also, but I'm not going to give up hope that they get they, they don't get Towns. Well, okay. I, yeah, I, I think, mean, I, if we're going that route, I have been my answer. We were because I think that there's a real world in which. Uh, Minnesota takes Okafor because Flip Saunders is Flip Saunders. And L.A. looks at their team and they're like, well, we already have a big guy in Julius Randle. We should get a guard that we like. And uh, and goes Russell or Moutier. And uh, and then Towns is right there for three. And then and then I think, it, you know, then then you just do whatever you want to do with your big guys. If, if that's if that's trading New Orleans or 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 using the 96 minutes at the four and the five to to split between them. I, I'm not in any rush to give them to give all those guys 35 minutes a night anyway. So I'm fine giving them 25 to 30 uh, for a couple of years and then making a decision if you have to make a decision. But uh, I think Towns is the best player in the draft. And if, and if it falls, if it, if it comes down that that he drops a little bit, then I think you just you just grab him and go from there. Don't worry, Derek. Uh, Mike twisted the question where he wanted it to be. <laughs> Towns was already yes. yeah. And and least least who would you like to see least given all the reasonable possibilities? God, I really I really like everybody a lot. Um, but I'll I'll say Okafer just because you know if Hickey takes Okafer, then I'll be like, yep, on board from the very beginning. Um, but I I don't look at him and I'm like ah. He's just not – he's not it for me. And it's – its he, I think he's going to be pe- – people get mad when I just when I make – I think the Al Jefferson comparison is lazy, but I'm going to make it anyway um, in the sense that, like, he's going to be a good player on a mediocre team, I think. And I, I don't think that uh, that he he's the kind of player that could really could really make a difference on a first division team. And uh, I think there's a bunch of guys in this draft that, that can, and I'm excited to come away with somebody I like. Hazonia, number one, Okafer, number twenty-five for me. Would love to. I will. I will freak out if they take Hazonia. Freak. What about Kaminsky? I will freak the fuck out. No, no, no. I have Okafer below Kaminsky because there's no way that uh, that Sam has taken an American white guy that looks like the guy from Broadchurch. Uh, (laughs) There's absolutely zero chance it's not happening. So, Derek, real quick, real quick before we've already discussed this, how many? Assuming the Warriors play the Cavs, given NBA history, that's exactly what will happen. No team's ever come back from 3-0. How many games do the Warriors win in, do you think? I think it, I think it's probably... I'll give LeBron... I'll give LeBron two games. I'll say six. But I, I kind of want to say five, yeah. uh, just because I think the Warriors are so much better of a team. Uh, and if, you know... 
whatever Kyrie's situation is like in the finals, and obviously if Love were there. Um, but, I mean, that Cavs team outside of LeBron is just garbage. I mean, it's it's really it's amazing to me how much one man can make a difference. Um, but I'd, I'd, I'd say probably six just because I respect LeBron that much. Thank you, Derek. You can follow Derek on Twitter at Derek Bodner NBA. You can read his work on Liberty Ballers and read his work at nba.derekbodner.com. Is that what I'm? Did I get that right? Yeah, that that's fine. Is it not fine? <laughs> it's there too. I mean, I, I write there too. It just sounds. Oh yeah. I hate. I hate. I hate. I hate that. It sounds a little pretentious, but yes. That's well, <laughs> sometimes you just gotta you gotta go for the brand play, Derek, and your name <laughs> yeah. is the there's, brand. There's there's reasons, but yes. Okay. Absolutely. Follow well, just follow Derek on Twitter, and you can see everything that he writes all the time. Easiest so. one. Yep. All right. Thanks, Derek. Thank you. Thanks, Derek. See you, buddy. So, um, wait, did I hang up on Derek? Yeah, I did. There we go. There you go, man. All right, that was cool. That worked. Look at that. So uh, that was the first time we had like an interview or a person on where we didn't like. It was a very it was a conversation. Like I think, yeah. well, I guess Ange, but uh, but a conversation where it wasn't like me me like chatting you questions and like the, the, it felt very much more conversational, which I think it worked, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, with Derek, I, I think we can do that. When it's Brett Brown, I just want to sort of put him on the fucking pedestal. Oh no, and let the I, guy agree. Talk. I agree. Listen, I'm with you. So, do you want to um, do a um, do you want to do a jigsaw? And then we're we're at like almost 80 minutes for the podcast so far. How many, which is, how many more podcasts do you think we have before the draft? Like four or five? I think I think I think probably four. I think probably okay. four. So yeah. Because you're in you're in house time, so we yeah, can't, we're, can't, we'll find a way to home. do it. Yeah, our our weekends are a little. The, be aware the the Ricky is not is very like unlikely going to happen, and it's normal Saturday schedule. But we're we're going to try to make it um, weekly, and then we'll have the day after podcast, which we always have, or maybe we can even do it that night. Who knows? So we'll we'll it'll be we'll Ricky up. We just won't be it won't be the normal Saturday morning stuff. Uh, I don't think at least for the next few weeks. So. Do you yeah, wanna... and if you're if you're enjoying this podcast on Memorial Day, then shame on you. Yes, do not enjoy it. You should be, you know, I can't say it this way because it sounds like I'm minimizing the. Um, oh, by the way, I'm going to Seattle in next weekend. So if you have a Seattle suggestion, Tony, Roten, I got plenty of I know Seattle suggestions. Well, everyone, then you can give me Seattle suggestions, and then we aside from Sean Kemp's bar, which we're definitely going to. So sure. Well, you should go. You should definitely go to the bar that uh, me and Hawes met at. Yes, absolutely, and just wait for him. Just wait. He, he I mean, he lives right there. Like, it's, it's the actual thing. You'll see him. You should see him. All right. You want to jigsaw? You want to do it? You want to do a hanging with Spencer? No, I, I don't really want. I want to continue to hate him. I don't want to sell out like you. <laughs> okay, all right, sure. Uh, yeah, let's go. Okay, all right. I'll uh, la di la di da. Okay. Play. I will play this game. Game is play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? All right. For the That's second, right. For the second straight time, we have a listener submit a jigsaw. The listeners are getting better at the jigsaw than I am, actually. Uh, I thought this was good, so this will be our second ever listener submitting Jigsaw. This comes from Nick Zilling. Nick Zilling. At Nick Zilling on Twitter. Here you go, Mike. Would you rather 
be the only person left on Earth or be followed everywhere, bathroom included, by your least favorite person? Interesting. Yeah. So I'm the I'm the only person left on Earth. Yep. No one else exists on the Earth. Correct. Not even January Jones. You won't run into her at any point. I'm actually glad because I don't like her very much. Oh, really? I love her. I think she's a horrible actress. Really? Yeah, I think she's really horrible. Uh. Um. Okay. I think you gotta go follow it everywhere by your least favorite person, right? Like, that's a very extreme example. Like, listen, I don't want to be followed by my least favorite person. I think that's the point of the jigsaw is to pick something yep. that you don't want. But I think the alternative, which is being the only person on Earth and going crazy, I think is is the worst answer, right? I think they're Who's, both horrible. I I, yeah. I, 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 like, and this isn't even counting all the implications of why is that guy fucking following you everywhere? Like, you know what sure. I mean? Can like, you do anything about it? Like, how far, how far is he following? He's how far fo- behind? Ev- he's always there. How far behind? Like, then, two uh, feet or uh, like ten? I would say within seven feet. Okay, so like, when I'm in bed, is he he's in the room there the whole time? <laughs> well, he's got to sleep, but he's in the room. I, you so know, if I'm is, having sex, is he, can he be outside the door or is he like is no, he watching? No, he's in the room. And here's, you know, you're never having sex. That's that's what's going to happen. There's no, you know, I the think this is the yeah. first Ricky where you just got to fucking kill yourself. You just, there's no. No, 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 no. No? no? Listen, if there's going to be a Ricky where I, where I choose option three, kill myself, this is not the one. Wow. Strong words. I, 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 I would pick the last person on earth. I would pick the last person on earth. What? Yeah. I'd rather go That's- crazy that way. I'd rather go crazy and not know that I'm crazy, like sort of how it happens in those movies or whatever, yeah. rather than go crazy and know what the fuck, like, you know, I think at least in the last person on earth thing, if I don't go, if I go crazy, I'm not going to kill anybody. You know? That's true. I guess for me, it's like I, I would choose to have that guy follow me around, eventually snap and kill him, and then be like, "All right, that's fine." <laughs> wow. Who's my least? Who's my least favorite person on earth? I don't know. Well, that's a whole other discussion, really. What if it was Larry Brown? Oh my God! Definitely last person on earth then. <laughs> Just him hemming and hawing and whining. <laughs> he he would he would hem and haw quite a bit. Yeah. All right, that's it. We gotta. I gotta end the Ricky. All right, man. Good Ricky. We'll we'll Ricky again next week. Thanks to all the listeners of the Ricky. And thanks to Derek Bodner, at Derek Bodner NBA. Become a fan of the Liberty Ballers on the basketball tournament. The basketball tournament. Liberty Ballers. Do it. All right. That's it. Um, Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I got to get the theme already. Okay. All right. Here we go. See ya. Uh, Well, there it is. All right. See ya.